0: there and welcome to episode number 18 of the Book More Jewish Weddings with Pat Blackwell podcast. Today we don't have a Jewish word of the week, we have a Jewish tradition. Likely it's one that you've seen. At the end of every Jewish wedding, the groom stomps on a glass and shatters it. Why does he do this? And how can those lessons help your business? Stick around to find out. As a Catholic farm girl in Minnesota, I certainly never expected to ever be the Jewish party maven, but 4,400 parties and 26 years later, I am indeed an expert at Jewish parties. I am fiercely committed to helping the best vendors book more parties in this amazing, lucrative, and incredibly loyal Jewish party market. Let's go. Every Jewish wedding ends with that iconic moment when the groom stomps on the glass, shattering it into hundreds of pieces. Like many things in the Jewish world, there are lots of explanations for why this custom started. Many people say that it's a reminder of the destruction of the Jewish temples in history, that even at the height of joy, we must recall the pain and the losses suffered in the world. A world in need of healing. Others say that even on a joyous day, bad things are going to happen and you should continue to celebrate. In fact, it's even more important to celebrate the good things because bad things are going to happen. Some say that the loud glass-smashing noise is intended to scare away evil. Some say the breaking of the glass is like the couples breaking with their past lives so they can start a new life together as a new family. Some rabbis say that the fragility of the glass is representative of the fragility of relationships. If you don't take care of it, it might break. The glass that's used for the ceremony can be any type of glass, any shape, any color. It's important to be glass, however, not ceramic and not china. Glass can be remelted and reblown, just like humans can be broken or shattered but can be reformed as new beings if need be. In a typical ceremony, the couple provides a glass for stomping. It might be some family heirloom. It might be a dollar store light bulb. It can be anything. There are no rules about that. Some couples choose to take the shards from the broken glass and turn it into a keepsake, perhaps a photo frame or a mezuzah for their front door of their new home. At the wedding ceremony, it's important that the glass be wrapped in a cloth or a paper strong enough to contain the shattered shards. Some companies provide a special satin or velvet pouch to use on the big day. Other couples wrap the glass in a paper towel and secure it safely with a rubber band. Again, there's no rules about any of this. It's purely for ease of cleanup, well, and safety of the groom's foot. Someone should be designated to retrieve that stomped glass after the ceremony. As a redcoat lady, we collect all of the family's personal items once the ceremony's over. At a wedding many, many years ago, I came back after about 10 minutes after the ceremony to get that broken glass, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Eventually, I broke down and I had to ask the mom if she knew where that glass had ended up. She quickly pointed me in the direction of a special aunt. Turns out the aunt had plans to take those shards and make some artwork out of them. The aunt had gone up immediately after the ceremony and grabbed that little satin pouch. (laughs) Mystery solved, but only after a lot of stress and searching on my part. So now I make sure I say, I'll be collecting this glass. Just leave it right here. (laughs) As a photographer, it's important to know that this is a moment you must capture during the ceremony. It's not a moment to get distracted. It only happens once. As a musician, the breaking of the glass is your cue to start the music. The recessional will begin. As a caterer, the breaking of the glass, followed by the guests shouting Mazel Tov, is the cue to open the bar and start the appetizers flowing. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, the fragility of the glass represents the fragility of relationships. If the relationship is not properly cared for, it might break. So, what about your business relationships? Which ones of those are the most fragile and could use some extra care? There are lots of quotes about fragility. Tim Cook from Apple said, Life is fragile. We're not guaranteed a tomorrow, so give it everything you've got. Those of us in this wedding world who get the privilege of working these amazing celebrations, Most of us learned the hard way in 2020 that our business is not guaranteed a tomorrow either. How did you get through? Are you stronger or leaner or did you get meaner? Bad things are going to happen. That's part of life. How will your business handle those bad things? What if something bad happens to you? What will happen to your business? What will happen to your family? Most of us in this party business take deposits when a client books a date. Some businesses keep those deposits in a separate account and account for that money only when the event has concluded. However, it turns out that most of us in this party world are really good at customer service, but not necessarily good businessmen or women. Most of us entrepreneurs don't charge nearly enough for our services and live on the edge financially. Many of us have had to face the fact that 2020 changed everything about business as usual. So I'll ask again, what will happen to your business if something bad happens to you? Do you have key person insurance? This is a type of insurance that pays out if a key owner or a key officer dies. The money would go to keep things going while you train someone new. Or perhaps the money would go to close down the business and refund client deposits. Many lawyers are still busy revising our contracts, including force majeure clauses, to help protect you in case of another crazy out-of-control event, like a pandemic. It turns out that many vendors had sketchy contracts that did a very poor job of protecting them from the pandemic. Lots of lawyers are now suggesting that you refer to the money that you take to block off a date on your calendar as a retainer, not a deposit. People don't generally expect to get a retainer back. I'm certainly not a lawyer, but I have lots of Jewish clients who are damn fine lawyers, and I respect their advice. Hey, speaking of clients, woohoo! my phone has been ringing like crazy. Wow, is that a wonderful sound. Yes, I love it. My fall calendar for the Red Coat Ladies Party Management has been filling up fast. We manage weddings and bar bat mitzvahs all around the Metro Detroit, Michigan area. I had a client recently write me to tell me when she got off the phone with me, she could just feel the stress seeping away and her shoulders relaxed for the first time in days. This is supposed to be a fun process. Planning a major celebration. But most people only throw major celebrations once or twice in their entire lives. This wedding business has a lot of moving parts, and our Red Coat Ladies checklists help take the stress out of planning. And then we ride in on our white horses with our red coats on your big day and try and take care of everything behind the scenes. We help you cross all your I's and dot all your T's. Contact us to manage your party by going to our website, redcoatladies.com, and help will be on the way. Now, back to that Tim Cook quote. Life is fragile, so give it everything you've got. What are your big goals for this year? What are you doing to improve your business? There are about 48,000 Jewish weddings in America each year. Are you ready for your new Jewish clients? Well, you're here listening to this podcast, working hard to learn about Jewish traditions. So good for you. Cha-ching! I can hear that phone ringing already. Why should you trust me? Well, I've helped manage over 4,400 Jewish celebrations in the last 26 years. Yes, you heard that right. 4,400 parties. So I've learned a thing or two about Jewish parties. And still, after all these years, I learn something new nearly every party. So if you already book lots of Jewish parties, good for you. There's still likely something in each and every podcast for you. If you're new to the Jewish party world, then this podcast is just the starting point. Welcome. Stick with me and we'll help your business grow. If you'd like to learn more, go to my new website at jewishpartymaven.com and sign up for our freebie, the 12 Jewish wedding words vendors need to know. If that helps you understand that you've got lots more to learn, then come to one of our workshops. I love teaching vendors the beautiful traditions involved in Jewish weddings. Today we talked about stomping that glass, how fragile life is, and how fragile your business could be too. That about wraps it up for today, but I hope you tune in next week when we talk about lots of things with the wonderful Eddie Babbage from Timeline Genius. Thanks for listening, I appreciate you.